This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. In this episode, Claire, we talk about how broadcasting is managing the Matildas and we also talk about mushrooms. In the words of the police investigating the case, it's rather unique. Uh, Also, Kate, it's been three years since the Australian journalist Cheng Lei was jailed in China. Yeah, if you don't know who we're talking about, it's a good one to get a refresher on. And Squeeze Recommends calls for your recommendations. Let's get into it. Claire, the biggest story of the week is still the Matildas, Mm -hmm. same as last week. As I've been watching each and every Matildas game, as you have as well, and any of the games for that matter, I kept wondering about the headbands a few of the girls (laughs) were wearing. Can you imagine my joy when there was a whole article (laughs) dedicated to exactly this topic? Yeah, and clearly it means you weren't the only one wondering about this. Um, So for the benefit of anyone else who's been wondering about the headbands and the Matildas, uh, it's actually pre-wrap. It's a sort of gauze that's put on before you put the sticky tape on. Yeah for injuries or for extra support if you've got like a dodgy ankle. They don't all wear it, but Ellie Carpenter in particular has a very beautiful blue one Mm -hmm. that she wears in every match. It's a whole thing. This article unpicks how it's actually become, it's become sort of a symbol of their fandom, their, Mm. you know, their love for the game. Um, That's a bit of the lighter side of things. The serious business of winning the match is obviously (laughs) important as well. But most of the chat this week has been less about the team and more about the the product itself. the brand. And, yeah, yeah, lots of chat this week about television ratings Mm. particularly. So just to unpick that a bit, an average of 3.63 million people tuned in to Channel 7. Uh, That was on Monday night for that game, Mm. Uh, streaming particularly on 7 Plus. It's the highest rating show of the year. Yeah, so it's more than Origin. It's more than both the NRL and AFL Grand Finals last year. It's quite an achievement for women's sport. It really is. And good news too, they're likely to break that record this afternoon as the Matildas play France in the quarterfinal. That's at five o'clock on Seven's main channel. So uh, you know what that means? Six o'clock news. It means it interrupts the six o'clock yeah. news. That's exactly right. And this isn't unprecedented. So there's a bit of, um, you know, sensational reporting, might I say, <laughs> saying, oh, my goodness, the six o'clock news won't it's, be well, on. It is like a holy grail. It so. is. It is a little bit mm. of a holy grail not to run the six o'clock news at six o'clock, but it has been done before. <laughs> um, I think perhaps an easy call to make really when you do look at those ratings for Channel 7 to go, well, of course we're going to play the Matilda's match rather than playing the news. What isn't easy is when sports go head-to-head and that's what's happening here. (laughs) So just to explain that, Channel 7 has the rights to both the Matilda's World Cup games and, of course, the AFL. Yes. Carlton is scheduled to play Melbourne on Saturday evening. That game was supposed to start at 7.25. Yep. It's been pushed back by five minutes, Claire. Don't <laughs> worry, to start at 7.30pm. Yep. The AFL has agreed to that. So they can air the Matildas game. Yep. Then they can run the news at 7pm and then the AFL can still be on the main channel at 7.30pm. That's all fine unless... 
Unless, Unless the Matildas go into injury time, a mm. penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of scenarios about how the Matildas game could run over. That's exactly right. If that happens, yeah. my bet is they stick with the Matildas, but oh, I don't know. They have to. Like you could not. You just could not run away from the Matildas. Um, the AFL, though, it should be noted, is being very accommodating so because far. they have very, very firm deadlines and ads and yeah. all sorts of things that they need to run next to their coverage. Um, they're even planning to air the Matildas on the big screens at the MCG, which I think is really, really great Yeah, because uh, sports fans are sports fans, particularly in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, that's before that Carlton-Melbourne match, which is going to be a huge game in it's and a of massive its own game. right. Exactly, yeah. But they said that they, they're not going to delay the, the start, start of that game. By more than the five minutes that exactly. they've already conceded. So the question is, yeah. who will get bumped, the AFL or the Matildas? Let's hope they just win <laughs> in normal time. It's all fine. We can watch the news. We can watch Carlton versus Melbourne and happy days for Another 4-0 result. Done early. That would be lovely. Walk away. Yep. Done. Before I wrap this up, in, in writing this and in watching what's happened over the last week, Claire, I guess I've had a a few emotional moments. Have you? I guess I have had a few oh. emotional moments. I was a young girl who loved sport, was yeah. obsessed with sport. My yeah. walls were covered in posters of yeah. my sporting heroes. I wanted to be a netballer. It was a big part of my life. Yeah. All this attention that these women's sports are now getting, the Netball World Cup, yep. um, Women's Origin, the AFLW, now the Women's World Cup, Makes me a little emotional at times. Yeah, and well, you've got young daughters too, and and thinking yeah. about them and what they're going to see hmm. and how they're going to be able to see these women doing this stuff and see the professionalism of yeah. it, and actually imagine being sports stars themselves in a very real way. Yeah, it's very moving. Do you need a hug or do you need a <laughs> high five? I'm okay. Like you, okay. you're going to be fine. <laughs> and look, um, you did send me t- some research this week just on this sort of thing yeah. done by Foxtel Media. It's about the increase in viewership of women's sport and um, they're a big broadcaster, of course, particularly of sport. This research has been done by an independent firm but what it has found is that Australians are watching more sport in general, Um, notably men are also tuning into women's sport. Yeah, which is which means that sports lovers, I guess, they don't really care if it's men's, if women's, it's whatever it is. If, if it's yeah. good, they're going to watch it. The other thing that I thought was interesting and super encouraging is that within female viewership, so females watching sport, mm. the biggest cohort was 18 to 34-year-olds. Mm. So that's a really bright future oh. um, for sport, for women's sport. Yep, you want the young people tuning in and building a lifelong habit, hopefully. And, of course, as more and more audiences do get on board with women's sport. So do more brands, more money, more longevity, more stability, uh, more ability to for athletes to grow and participate, which is terrific. Exactly. I think we'll leave it there. Um, Claire, if you Googled mushrooms this week, you probably wouldn't have got a recipe. You would have got news coming out of Gippsland in Victoria. Yeah, so the deaths of three people after a lunch was significant as a news story this week. It crossed media lines as well, which I thought was quite interesting. It was the front page of our national broadsheet, The Mm. Australian. Uh, It was on Nine's A Current Affair and it was all over the news websites and all over social media as well. One of the first times I've tuned into A Current Affair in a long time actually because I was really interested in this story. Of course, 
It's a weird one. It's a unique mm. one. As you said at the top of the podcast, the police mm. said that this is unique and unusual. And you really don't want to lose sight in this story of the fact that this is a tragedy for the families of the people that have died and particularly because it's such a small community. So mm. we're talking about Karambara and Lingangatha in, in South Gippsland. Claire, let's talk about the family involved, their family tree, I guess. Yeah, it's worth stepping through. So Look, here I go. Erin mm. um, Patterson hosted the lunch and her estranged husband is Simon Patterson. He was due to attend that lunch but he pulled out at the last minute. Reports say that that's what happened mm. with him. Simon's parents attended that lunch. They're Gail and Don Patterson. They both died. Um, Heather and Ian Wilkinson are the other couple. They attended and had lunch. Um, Heather and Gail were sisters. So Simon has lost his mother, his father and his aunt. And his uncle's in hospital. And his uncle's in hospital as we speak. Erin and Simon's children were also at that lunch. They're teen-aged as I Mm. understand it. Neither they nor Erin ate the mushrooms, which Mm. were apparently in a beef wellington. Yep. To the mushrooms, police believe the deaths are a result of consuming death cap mushrooms. The official cause of death, though, is yet to be determined. It takes a while for toxicology to be done to definitely determine this sort of thing. Mm. You went to the Victorian Health website, Claire. You looked up the advisory for death cap mushrooms and it wasn't good news. It's not good. They're extremely poisonous. One mushroom can kill an adult. Um, The thing about them is they also look like a regular mushroom. Mm. They're a little bit lighter underneath, but generally like a regular one that you would buy at the supermarket and apparently they taste okay. So... The advice is unless you're an absolute expert on fungi, stay away from the wild pick mushrooms. I feel like I always knew that but didn't know it was quite this serious, mm. I've got to say. Um, reports say Erin Patterson told police she bought the mushrooms she cooked for her guests at a lunch from a local store. Claire, you pointed out that no recalls or warnings have been issued since. That's interesting to people who follow this closely. Yeah, and I guess just wanted to discuss that a little bit in detail. So The food safety regime here in Australia is significant Mm. and if there's concerns about food safety, the body that oversees all of this is called FASANS. It's the Food Safety Australia and New Zealand. We couple with New Zealand on these things because there's a lot of food that goes backwards and forwards. Um, When the flag is raised by a consumer or by health providers like hospitals, if they get reports of you know, food poisoning or whatever it is, uh, or food retailers because quite often the first port of call if you've eaten something bad is to call the supermarket that you bought it from or drop in and talk about it. Um, When there's those areas of concern, there are recalls, there's testing, there's a very, very public process about making sure that the rest of the public are safe, that people know that there's a problem. I remember there was one with berries not long ago, yep. maybe a couple of years ago with frozen berries. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it happens quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there have been, though, just to, I guess, balance this out, death cap mushroom scares in the past. They have played out very publicly. Mm. Ultimately, they've just been scares, though, not situations where the public was in danger. As you say, authorities take this sort of thing really seriously. So that commentary about why there's been no moves exactly. to do anything is significant. The deaths wouldn't be the first though. No, three people died in Canberra back in 2012 after eating them. They went out and picked them themselves and cooked them and that was a very sad story. Yeah, don't eat wild mushrooms unless well, you're a really, really big expert in them. Yeah, or just don't maybe. Just don't. Yeah, let's leave it there. 
Coming up this week, Claire, I remember very clearly when Cheng Lei was detained in China. She's the Aussie journo who was working for state-owned English language news channel CGTN before she was charged with, and this is sort of the exact charge, Mm. illegally supplying state secrets overseas. Tomorrow is the third anniversary of her arrest. Yeah, and there was a bit said about this on the 9th of May. That's the last time I remember she popped up in the news and that's because it was the thousandth day that she's spent in detention. Um, Lay's first six months were spent in solitary confinement. She was placed in stress positions as they were interrogating her. She had no access to a lawyer. It's been a really long and gruelling time since then. She's now being held with other prisoners, but she's got very limited access to any support. Yeah, that includes during her closed trial last year. Australia's ambassador to China, Graham Fletcher, was denied entry to that. Since then, her sentencing has been postponed again and again and again. Yeah, and this really is the latest update, sadly. Um, The latest on that is that a decision on her sentence was due in mid-July. It's been put off until October. It's not the first time that's happened. It's been quite a while that they've been waiting for an actual decision about what her sentence is. Mm. Um, Her partner is Nick Coyle and he recently said that it's all been very deeply disappointing. Yeah, he was actually on 7.30 this week, Thursday night. We'll put a link to that interview in your episode notes. He talked a lot about Cheng Lei's two children. She has two children here in Australia and the fact that she hasn't seen them in such a long time. He also said that she is putting on a brave face. He doesn't believe she's telling him everything that's going on. And of course, there's probably a lot more he'd like to say about all of this, Claire. But as our government continues to negotiate with China's government, it's probably hard for him to say what he really wants to say. Sadly, no. I wish there was more of an update, but it's certainly one of those stories that you just don't want to forget about because what they're going through is quite intense. Exactly. Some other things that will likely generate news next week, National Cabinet is meeting in Brisbane on Wednesday. They're talking housing reform. That's a big ticket item Mm. at the moment. Health reform and whether the Matildas will get a public holiday (laughs) if they win the World Cup. Yeah, well, let's hope that last one is on the agenda because it'll mean that we're through to the semi-finals. So that would be good. Um, this is the discussion from PM Anthony Albanese's promise of a national public holiday. Uh, he doesn't get to actually decide that. That's up to the states and did territories. Did he raise, did someone ask him and he said yes? I think it was the correlation in an interview about Bob mm. Hawke and winning the Australia Cup and, you know, if your boss sacks you today because you didn't come in to work, you're, they're a bum, that gotcha. whole thing. So, I yeah. just feel like if I don't really believe in jinxes, but if you did, we're really jinxing them by having this conversation. They're not even through the quarterfinals yet. Yeah. Let's just hold our horses. Yeah. Um, jumping on the Matildas, we've covered their game this afternoon. The semi-final, if they make it through, is on Wednesday night in Sydney. We just jinx them again. <laughs> Maybe I do believe in jinxes. Just put it, just <laughs> pencil it in okay. in your brain calendar that that semi-final is on Wednesday night. Okay. Um, we'll be watching it whatever happens because good sport is good sport, as we've just talked about. <laughs> So, uh, look, fingers crossed they're in. Um, Thursday, it's a big day for company results. You and I recorded a squeeze shortcut this week. So go and have a listen to that and you'll feel very, very smug on Thursday when you see all of these headlines from all of these big companies that are releasing their results. We're talking about Origin Energy, Mm. uh, Seven, who we talked a bit about today too, Telstra. There's plenty of others on Thursday. It's quite a day. Company results, otherwise known as reporting season, companies reporting, whatever 
it may be. That's going to be the news next week. Um, to wrap us up, a shout out to all the lefties. It's Left Handers Day tomorrow, Claire. Yeah, I don't know if that comes with a smudge proof pen, maybe oh, a special brutal. kind of handshake. <laughs> I don't know. But happy Left Handers Day. <laughs> they make up about 10% of the population. We say mm. they because neither you or I are a left hander. <laughs> um, I don't actually think my left hand side works. I'm so right handed. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are a left hander, enjoy your day tomorrow on Disquiz Recommends. Recommends, Claire. I am very, very late to this one, but I started watching Only Murders in the Building on Prime this week. Mm. You recommended it to me ages ago. <laughs> I ignored you and I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to apologise. <laughs> it's can, great. It's you can really, do things really good. in your own time. No, it, it is a terrific show. So Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, it's about a podcast that they put together <laughs> about murders in the building. They live in this apartment <laughs> block. It's really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. And the third season starts this week. So I'm diving into that this weekend. So it was topical. So we were allowing mm. it in our recommendations, even though I'm, you know, Just two seasons out. behind. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny slash mystery slash yeah. making fun of podcasts, which I also love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good show to put on when you don't want to be too taxed. It's just funny enough. Yeah. It's just sleuthy enough. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. Claire, also in the news this week was Zimmerman being sold to a private equity firm, making it Australia's first billion-dollar fashion label. Do you have anything from Zimmerman? I don't have anything from Zimmerman. I I think I did a long time ago when they were really just sort of starting to pick up their heels mm. a bit when they'd started branching out of Sydney. They've come such a long way in such a short period of time and their growth fueled by Europe and the US. They're Amazing. opening these beautiful stores in America. So, yeah, a really great success story, that one. Absolutely. I have one Zimmerman dress. I've had it for years and years. Which one is that? Um, I don't know if I've worn it to anything that you would have seen, you would have been mm. at with me. But you'll have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it still fits. <laughs> but I have worn it over and over again. And yeah. people always say, oh, that's such a nice, a dress. nice dress. And it's a Zimmerman dress. And yeah. it is, they're really beautiful. The reason we're talking about it this week is we thought it was a good opportunity to recommend some lesser known Aussie brands that we really like. Claire, yours is Utopia Goods Textiles. Yeah. So they, they do beautiful furnishing fabrics, um, they do sort of styled on Aussie flora. There's a bit of fauna in there as well, <laughs> but um, it's a lovely store. They do the heavier stuff so you can cover your couch, but they also do things like cushions and mm. napkins and arty, homey things as well. What's so in your house that's from there? Cushions. Ah. So those grey cushions with the beautiful pinwheel eucalyptus flowers yeah, that are in yellow and pink. Yep. Yeah. Gorgeous. Beautiful. My recommendation is for a brand called Pony Rider. They do, um, we're a bit homewaresy with our yeah. recommendations, but they do bedding, cushions throws, bags. My uh, laptop cover is from Pony yep. Rider. Your bag um, too. I like that bag. My bag is from Pony Rider. It's um, quality stuff, um, Aussie made, based in Newport in Sydney and I think really, really beautiful. So mm. we'll put links to both of those in your episode notes. We were also going to do a call out. If anyone has any great Aussie brands that they want to recommend to us, if you're using Spotify, you can respond via the Q&A section. I know lots of people did that last time we asked and tell us what brand you really like or send us an email to hello at thesqueeze.com.au or via our socials and we'll share some of them. Yeah, great idea. 
Squeeze Press, Claire, before we go, we're doing some research on The Voice. We want to understand how you're feeling about The Voice campaign, how you're feeling about the news coverage in particular. Yeah, so we would never ask you how you're going to vote. We're actually not that interested in that. We're more interested in the inputs to how this is progressing. So Mm. just getting some information about how you're engaging with it. If you're engaged yet, if you're not engaged Mm. yet, if you're talking to people about it, if it's part of your conversations, um, it certainly doesn't matter if you've made up your mind or not. We really want each and every one of you to do this survey. So we get a really good snapshot of where things are at. It's 20 questions, so it shouldn't take too long. And a link is in your episode notes. Yeah, thanks in advance for doing that. We'd really appreciate it. We'll leave it there, Claire, and we'll be back next week.